Do you have a message that the world needs to hear? Do you want to make a living making a difference in the world? If so, this is the place for you. Welcome to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches podcast. Today, I am here with Nick Maytash, and we're going to be talking about what a year of hard work can look like and what kind of results you can see in your coaching business when you put in the work for a, a relatively short period of time. A year might seem like a long time, but it's not. Just think about it. It was 12 months ago yesterday, and uh, today we're going to be talking about what a year of consistent hard work can look like. So welcome, Nick. I'm so grateful that you're here. I am grateful that you're having me, man. I, I really look forward to looking back at the, the past year of my coaching business, how it's grown, and just how I've grown as a person uh, through these conversations. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, very cool. So earlier you mentioned to me that, uh, let, let me make sure I have it correct, but you said that the income that you used to make in, in one month you now make in one hour. Tell us about that. Tell us about the where you were compared to where you are now just 12 months ago. Yeah, it was something that I was reflecting on recently, just looking back at the last year of, of my coaching business and you know those initial clients that had trust and faith in me and, and saw who I was and, and wanted to invest. And you know, at, at that point, I was just getting started. So it was like, I will, I will take whatever money somebody wants to give to me over time, I work on my craft. Over time, I work on my self-worth and what I know my, my services are worth. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a year, but I, I now make in, in one hour, essentially what I used to make in a month. And um, I, I will say that most of it, it's not about so much, you know, being that much better as a coach. It's really just working on the craft to a point that I know and trust and have certainty in what I can do for other people. Whereas in the beginning, it was you know, I was, I was new to it and I didn't know how much I, I could help people and just, you know, through putting in the reps and putting in that work and, um, you know, being coached myself, having support in my corner along the way has allowed me to bring in more clients, but also raise my, my rates overall. So it's, it's gotten me to this place. That's really cool to say out loud that I used to make this in a month and now I make it an hour. So yeah, that's kind of how I've gotten here. I, th I think it's interesting that you said that because I, I believe that most people, most coaches who are starting out look into this and they say, okay, what is that thing that will take me from where I am to where I want to be one year from today? And mm -hmm. they most likely think that it's going to be some tip, some strategy, some tactic. But the first thing you said is, I just built my confidence. Tell us yeah. more about that. Yeah, it's, um, and it's, it's something that I, I really found lately in, in terms of a realization anyway, that in the beginning, I was trying to not be somebody else, but I felt like I had to kind of build on top of who I was and learn all of these skills and skills are important or, or put all these things in my repertoire of a coach. But what I really have done over the last year is not built so much more on top of who I was, but really kind of carve out and come back to who I already was or are, you know, always have been at my, at my soul and just my energy in general. And as I've showed up as that person and kind of stepped into who I am instead of trying to be someone else in the coaching space or look at other people that are on social media and doing certain things, the more I've really returned back to you know, who my heart and soul is anyway through the lens of all the skills that I've acquired as a coach has really been 
such a more powerful connection with the clients that I have because they see me as the person that's supposed to help them rather than, you know, this facade or this persona that I felt that I had to project. Um, and, you know, obviously you're going to be more confident as the person that you can trust yourself to be rather than trying to, you know, wear this mask of, of what you've seen elsewhere because that, that mask feels unfamiliar. So by taking off the mask and coming back home to, oh, I'm, I'm this guy who's kind of an emotional guy, um, someone that, that really does lead with love and kind of show that to the world, the more that I kind of stepped back into that rather than trying to be, you know, because I'm, I'm a men's coach by brand, right? That's what I branded myself as. And in the beginning, I was trying to be that traditional men's coach you see on social media that's kind of yelling at his clients, using fear-based tactics and talking <laughs> about the hustle and the grind, all of this stuff. And that's just not me, never has been me. But when I kind of rewound and said, all right, so what makes me me? And let's start talking about that. So like, I'm crazy in love with my wife. I have a daughter who's 15 months that is just the center of our world. And like using that heart-centered leadership has allowed guys that are also that way see me authentically. And then when they get into a room with me or on a, a call like this with me, you know, we, we can really connect in that way rather than trying to connect with the me that wasn't really me. So the confidence has really come from a place of coming back home and trusting in that person, that guy, being the one that can really help people. And that's kind of why everything has scaled the way it has because I've really started to trust in that. Hmm. You talked about allowing yourself to be you, embracing who you are. How does one embrace who they are? How does someone do that that is struggling with that? It is, um, it's hard. <laughs> it's difficult because you see, I was talking to a client about this yesterday. You see social media. I mean, we all have it. And everybody kind of presents this, this version of themselves that, I mean, obviously there's filters on Instagram, but we kind of present this filtered life. And you think that you have to be this way or see this and, and try to perform in the way that you see ever, everybody else do. But something that I do with my clients is really come back to whatever your goals are, what is the emotion that's the, the backdrop of that goal? And we really work hard on and trying to figure out what those emotions are, what pulls at us naturally. Um, so like for me, I was just saying like love is a big part of who I am. I'd like my wife, my, my daughter, our dog, like all of that just makes me mushy, frankly. Mm -hmm. And uh, other things like freedom and, and peace, like those are me at my core and digging into and the way that I, I kind of frame this for my clients and, and, and now for the listener is looking at what either you're striving towards or what you've always enjoyed and decide what is the emotion that's behind that? Like, what is that thing that you're trying to feel anyway and tapping into that every day? Because when you step into something that you enjoy feeling, whether it be love or peace or freedom or abundance and knowing that that is you know, that emotional backdrop and, and trying to live in that space every single day, you find yourself doing things that feel more you because it's a natural connection for you. Because my, my emotions, that my emotional center is not going to be the same as yours, nor it will be the same as everybody else's that's out there. But if you can really figure out what is that emotion behind everything I'm striving towards and just find ways to do something around that every single day, you're going to feel more like yourself. You're going to allow yourself to really tap into it rather than pushing it away as if you're not allowed to feel that way or maybe you should be doing something different. And when you step into it authentically, it's like, oh, I can enjoy this, this feeling, this emotion without waiting for that goal, without waiting for that accomplishment um, because I feel like we kind of put it off until we get there. Um, so just, 
just using that emotional center to, to be your foundation every single day. And through that, you find yourself just doing things that you enjoy doing. And, you know, you, you compound that just like you would compound money in your bank account. And it just kind of starts to blossom over time. And it's a really beautiful thing. It has been for me. And I've seen it in my clients as well. It's, you know, they, they just kind of get on the calls with a, a bigger smile and, and a bigger heart. And, you know, they open up in ways that they didn't in the beginning because they are stepping into who they are every single day. I love that. That's beautiful. That's fantastic. And now let's go back to 12 months, 12 months from now or 12 months ago, uh, yeah. 12 months ago, if you could go back, get in a time machine and ask yourself, if you could go back and get in a time machine and give yourself one piece of advice, what's that advice that you would give to yourself? That's a great question. Um, I think the one word that comes to mind as I'm trying to ramble for an answer or find an answer in my brain is trust. It's just, you already know what that thing is. That's you. And just trusting that. Like I can see the, the WWE belt behind you. Like that, that is you, right? That is something that, that makes you light up. I see you smiling as, as we're yeah. talking about it. Like do things that are fun. Right. And it's something that you already know, but we like, as adults, we, we kind of get beaten into this place of you're not supposed to enjoy wrestling. Or for me, like I'm a guy, so I'm not supposed to be this emotional, mushy, I love my wife and my kids so much. Like we get caught in these boxes that whether it be society, culture, our family, our friends, we feel like we're not supposed to fit in. And if you just ignore those, those walls, that's what I would say to the, to the guy from 12 months ago is I already knew that I was the guy that I am now. So trust it, follow it, and just let that out rather than feeling like you need to fit into the box of, of whatever you've perceived is, is the way that you're supposed to be because the way you're supposed to be is who you are. So just trust. Yeah. I'm a big intuition guy. I'm big into this idea of trusting what you already know. I know every person has a little bit different take on this. You know, there's people who are more thinking oriented, people who are more feeling oriented. If you've ever done a Myers-Briggs test, um, depending on what your personality type is, I'm, I'm a, a big believer in those personality types. Um, I am an ENFJ, but I'm just going to focus on the, the F side of that where it's feeling or if it's thinking. And that, that letter there is really dependent on where you're making your decisions from where you're making decisions from, where you tend to make decisions from. And I know that someone who is more feeling oriented and, and maybe someone watching is more of the thinking type and is more of the logical brain. I know for me that when I focus on what my heart says and I do what my heart says, I am always right. If I do what my heart says and it, it oh, put it this way, if I do what my mind says and it goes against my heart, I'm always wrong. Most yeah. of the time, my mind and my heart are in alignment together, but right. I know from my experience, if they're not in alignment, I need to listen here because I can overthink things. I can twist things around and overthink things like crazy. I already know. I already know what things I need to actually do. Yeah, for sure, man. It was something I posted on Facebook, I think just a couple of days ago. And true, uh, true to your point, you could be more emotional, emotionally centered or thinking centered on, on that scale, whatever that spectrum is. But I, I feel like we are emotional people that get the hint at what it is that they should be doing first if they have a big decision to make. Yep. And we're waiting for that rational thought centered explanation before we take action. And like you, I am very much so an intuition guy. And when I sense that, you know, whatever that decision is, like I, if it's a fork in a road, I already know. 
but I'm waiting for that rational explanation to back it up. And it's almost as if you're waiting for that thing that you can explain to other people and say, this is why I'm doing what I wanted to do in the first place. But if you start moving down the path that your heart told you to go down in the first place, you will eventually find what those words and that explanation or that thought is. It's just a matter of trusting it, you know? Totally. And uh, you mentioned the WWE belt back there. And I, I just, I want to be me. I want to showcase that I am me. I want to showcase myself. I like having fun. I, there's, there's several things in my life that I enjoy more than anything else. That being professional wrestling, Disneyland, baseball, music, and the outdoors. And I look at those things and I go, okay, if somebody doesn't like that about me, then they're not going to like working with me. I am a very, um, I put fun as very high up in my priority list. And I I love having fun. And if somebody is serious all the time, they're not going to like working with me. So why am I going to showcase something different than who I am? And and to to peel back the layer a little bit more, the reason why out of any of the things, now I did just move offices. I just moved offices. So I haven't fully decorated this room yet where my room before, my studio room, um, the background of my office had Disney things, it had baseball things, and, and all of that stuff is coming. But one of the reasons I put that there first is that if somebody's turned off by that, I don't, I don't want to work with them. Like I, I, don't, I just don't want to because they're not going to like it. They have yeah. to be okay with the fact that I'm someone who's just, I'm a fun person and I like having fun and I'm quirky and I can be odd and I don't care. I'm all about it. I am who I am. And I think that, I think there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of importance in that. Yeah. I will give you a very specific example of that in terms of attracting the client that is your person or your people. Um, A client that I attracted into, um, let's say my universe, (laughs) uh, about a year and a half ago, we had like kind of a, a discovery call. And we chatted for about a half hour. At the end of the conversation, he wasn't ready to move forward. It was whatever. And then about eight months later, you know, he, he kind of reached out. We ended up working together. It was, it was um, don't get me wrong, great guy. But when he first contacted me in that first conversation that we had, I was in a place that I wasn't really owning who I was yet. So the person that he saw on social media, the person that he kind of talked to on the phone, he was probably that, that persona that I thought I had to be. And that was his attraction to working with me. And as we worked together, you know, we worked together for 12 weeks and there were high peaks, low peaks, whatever, but there was just this constant thought in my head that he wasn't getting what he signed up for. And I wasn't like there, there felt like there was a disconnect. Yep. And by the time that we finished, I was like, you know what, in timeline wise, he didn't find me at the time that I was my fullest self. So of course, this, this relationship, although beneficial, he definitely got results in some way, but compared to my other clients that found me when I really was stepping into who I am and what I love and what I like to talk about, those clients were soaring. They were all in. There was no question that they were yeah. showing up with intention. Yeah. Whereas this particular client, I could feel like I was almost kind of pulling it out of him the entire time rather than him showing up ready to roll. And it's just so, so interesting. And I love that you have that there and as a, as a symbol of sorts that like, if you don't like this and you don't like, this is kind of part of me. And if you don't like me, this isn't going to work. And that's so, so important because if we try to be someone else or think that everybody should work with us, it's a very scarcity based mindset that 
we, there's nobody out there. Your people are out there. And as soon as you step into you fully, yeah. you will find those people. And I'm sure your clients, they vibe with you well. The clients that I currently have, they're all my people. You know, they, they vibe well exactly with my message and who I'm about and how I approach this whole coaching thing. And if you, if you don't address that in the beginning, you're going to bring in people that aren't fully bought in because they don't believe, or there's just that energetic imbalance. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I'm not saying that someone has to be a pro wrestling fan. I'm saying that they have to be okay with... Hey, you're a pro wrestling fan. Exactly. They have to just, you know, they can't be like, well, you're a weirdo, uh, which there are people like that. But here's something interesting that I adopted several years ago. Um, this was probably five or six years ago. I adopted this idea and this concept that I do not convince anyone to work with me. I refuse to do it. So I started that in, in the speaking business. So when I was a full-time speaker, what I started to tell people when they were saying, I'm looking at this person and this person, I'm, I'm looking, we're either going to hire you or someone else. I literally started saying, go with them. And they'd say, what? And I said, yeah, go with them. They're like, what are you talking about? Why would you say go with them? And I'd say, because if I'm not the choice, I don't want to come. I, I don't want to come. I want to be the choice. No, 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 no. You, you, you are. And they kind of come back and kind of talk or whatever. And it's not that I was saying I won't do it unless, unless I'm the choice and whatever. But what it was getting at is I'm not interested in convincing anyone. I don't want to. Sometimes people will ask questions like, okay, convince me. And I just say, no, I'm not yeah. going to convince you. Right. If you do not want to do this and I don't want to do it, I don't want to convince anyone to hire me. I don't want to convince anyone to work with me. I want you to decide to work with me because if I convinced you and anyone who's watching this, if you convince one of your clients to work with you they, and if they didn't truly come up to that decision, they, you convince them, they're always going to be skeptical in their mind. They're always going to be thinking, what if? They're always going to be looking at it through a lens of skepticism which I can't work that way because I'm here to transform your life. And if you're looking at, if you're looking at what's Jake doing and why is he doing it this way? Like I need to have trust coming in and I need you to see me as that person who can help you. I'm not saying you just have to blindly follow me, but I am saying that if you are skeptical the whole time we're working together, you're not going to get the value out of it. So I just don't convince people to work with me. And anyone who's ever been on a coaching call or on a introduction coaching call with me who either decided to work with me or didn't decide to work with me, they know that I'm not convincing anyone. There's all sorts of sales techniques and all sorts of sales courses and things like that. I don't do any of that stuff. I just right. don't. And the, the interesting thing is, is as I let go of that stuff and just mm -hmm. started teaching and connecting and building and building relationships and just offering. I just offer to help. I don't sell anything. Right. I started doing that. It just was incredible. Sales just went up and up and up and up and up. And I just think that that kind of, those kind of tactics just, they're just not necessary. Yeah. I, I think it just waters down what the power of your relationship can be when you have to kind of negotiate your terms or negotiate who you want to show up as to get someone in the door. Because like you said, as soon as they get in the door, they're not all in. They're one foot in, one foot out, waiting for that escape hatch that maybe this isn't the person that they said they were going to be. Whereas if you just show up and say like, this is who I am. I can help you if you're into it. And they make that decision for themselves. 
you no longer have that. They're in, the door's closed, <laughs> you are in this thing together rather than trying to convince them the entire course of your coaching relationship. So yeah, that's, that's so important. <laughs> so tell me about your book. Yeah, the book, it is, uh, it's called Moving Past Mediocre, Unlocking Your Mind to Create the Life You've Always Imagined. And the, the premise of the book is, it, it's got a lot of stories about my life, so it's kind of, in quotations, a memoir of sorts. I would say five or six years ago, I was in this relationship that wasn't really going anywhere. I'd been dating this girl for like four and a half years. I was teaching at a high school that I did not enjoy. Um, you know, I was going to the gym, but I wasn't really present at the gym. Everything in my life was just very average. It was mediocre. Um, and it took me breaking up with that girl to kind of start this, this process of coming out of this state of mediocrity because a month later I met my wife and my wife was like that person. And I think we all kind of have a person or an event or some circumstance that opens us up to wanting to do more, wanting to become better or want or like seeing that it can be better than you thought it may have been before. So my wife was absolutely that person for me. I call her my gateway drug. And, uh, you know, she was the person that showed me that love can be so much better than I had originally thought because of my prior experiences. And through that, I was like, I wonder what wealth could be like. I wonder what, you know, optimal health could be like. I wonder what it would feel like if I, I showed up in a bigger way in my life, whether that be in, in teaching or coaching or writing or whatever. And it really just sent me down this rabbit hole. And throughout the process of, of doing this for myself and now looking back and helping with my clients, um, I realized that our mind is one of the biggest things that gets in our way. So the, the book is set up so that you can kind of start to see some of the patterns that we all tend to have, the subconscious habits that get in our way, ways to kind of step around them and, and see our subconscious mind for what it is. And then to kind of conclude the book, the third part, part is about consciously choosing better things for ourselves as we have this awareness of what is getting our way in the first place. So yeah, it's a part my path, but part of looking back at what I'm seeing with my clients, what I'm seeing just in human behavior of watching and learning from other people that we all kind of have in our way and how we can navigate around those things. Mm, love it. How can people get a copy? How can people get a copy? It is uh, on Amazon right now. So if you either search my name or Moving Past Mediocre, I'm sure you'll be able to find a copy there. Or if you go to movingpastmediocre.com slash book, you can get yourself a copy there as well. Cool. Um, so I want to uh, peel back the curtain a little bit and talk about something that you did in our relationship here and how this all came together. I want to do a segment here where we're going to talk about yeah. how to get interviewed on podcasts. So this is kind of uh, inception-like. It's a, uh, okay. this is how this happened. And also we're going to do a segment within a show. Um, and I'm actually going to cut this out and it be its own section. I've been wanting to do this ever since we connected. And sure. we did some things that I think were absolutely right. Absolutely right in getting yeah. on podcasts. There's so many people who just go, hey, I'm going to I'm just going to blast a bunch of people I know nothing about. I've even had people uh, beg me. Now, I had a previous show. This show, I'm very picky with who is on the show. Um, yeah. But I had a previous podcast that was Positive Stories. It was called Focus on the Good. So we had people who were you know, from celebrities all the way down to just regular everyday people. And there were people who were you know, begging me to be on this show. And some of them would even say things like, oh, I love your show. I think I'd be a perfect fit on this one person in particular. I love your show. I think I'd be a perfect fit for it. Can I be on your show? 
okay, sure, let's do it. And then we set it up and then like she forgot her lies. She forgot her lies that she had told because in an email later she said, um, so remind me again, what is your show about? Oh no. Oh no. It's terrible. But but um let let's go through the process that sure. you follow and I'll share some of the things that that uh from my side of things and you contacted me because I think you did everything exactly right and I'm guessing you do this with other people as well to get on their podcast. Tell me about the process that you are doing to be interviewed on podcast uh and hence being here right now. Yeah. Um, well, I, I will be honest. Until I had the book, which was a physical product, um, I had been connected to people. So I was on podcasts just from knowing them, being networked with them, also just showing up with value on social media. People would see me and you know ask me to be on their podcast. But when the book came out, for certain people that I was kind of um, I guess six degrees of separation connected to or what have you like I'm friends with Preston you're friends with Preston so I knew we had a mutual connection that could uh, be of assistance but if there were other podcasts out there that I enjoyed so I you know actively listen to your podcast I listen to other podcasts that I've been um, working my way to get on anyway and I knew that if you didn't know me already I needed to show you what value I could give before asking you to physically be on your podcast. So I reached out to you and I said, Hey, love your podcast. Um, I just wrote a book and I'm going to send you a copy of this book. And if you, you read it and if you enjoy it, if you think the content's good, if you think I can bring value to your show, which I had faith that the, the book was written well enough and who I am was worthy enough of being on said podcast that you would read it and be like, okay, yeah, he could definitely give some value to the people that are out there. Um, so yeah, I've definitely done that to a few people. Um, just contacted them and said, I love your podcast. Um, here's my book. You read it. I'm going to send you a free copy. And if you find value in it, then let's, let's have a conversation about being on your podcast because I really feel like I could show up and give value to the people that listen. Um, and it's, it's been a fun process because I've put the book in hands of people that didn't know who I was. Because people that know who I am and read my book, of course, they're going to say nice things. You know what I mean? Um, like my mom, of course, is going to say nice things. My wife's going to say nice <laughs> things as part of the process. But when I put it out there and kind of be vulnerable enough to say, this is what I'm about. If you like it, let's talk about it being a part of your podcast. There's a certain level of like, I don't know if they're going to like it, but I did have faith enough and, and, and know that I showed up to the table and wrote this book from, from my heart that there was going to be somebody out there that wanted to, to bring that to the podcast. So that's kind of the process that I went through. Well, um, and, and beyond that, I want to break it down a little bit. There was even a little more to it. It wasn't just you sending me the book. It was that you contacted me. You said, hey, we have a mutual friend in Preston Pugmire uh, who happens to be my best friend in the world. So anything that he says, uh, you know, if you're connected, I mean, and uh, here's the other thing is don't, like for everyone watching, don't BS this stuff because I immediately picked up the phone and said, hey, Preston, so who's Nick? Who is this guy? You know, and, and he had nothing but great things to say about you. Uh, oh, that's good. So, so there was that, you know, so, so never get into the trap of BSing this and, and telling right. things that aren't true because you're going to get in trouble. But so that happened. Hey, we're, we're mutual friends. Uh, we have this mutual friend in Preston. Uh, by the way, I was just on his show here. You can listen to it here. I listened to your podcast and here's something I got out of it. It wasn't just like, hey, I listen. It was, yeah. I got this out of a particular episode. I also saw you on Tony's 
podcast. You saw that. And it's like all this stuff. I'm like, okay, this guy's done his homework and he's done his research. And, and I think he even said something like, I'd love to be on your show, but no pressure at all. I'd like to send you a copy of my book. The book was there two days later. You know, you sent it on you know, Amazon Prime. So it was there before I even thought twice about it. All of a sudden it was there. And um, so that all of that came together. Now here, here's the part that I think is even, this is like next level stuff here. You pitched an idea. You pitched an idea. You didn't just say, I'm awesome. You, you pitched an idea of, hey, I know that your show is for, uh, your, your show is for new coaches, new speakers, people who are just getting started in the business. Though, yes, I haven't been here. I haven't been doing this for that long, but I've had massive growth over the last year. I've really built my coaching business over the last year. And I think it could be an interesting story for your people to talk about what the first year in the business is like. And I thought, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. And those things, and I, I want to say just, just real quick for everyone watching, if you hear this and say, oh, well, he said I have to have a book, so now I got to get a book to do this. No, right. you, you could have you sent me a card. You could have sent me you know, something else. You could have sent a video. It still would have worked without it. It's just that you connected in a real way. You pitched a story. You were a real person, and you were looking to provide value. And I would say on top of that, there was no expectation. Sometimes people contact me with this expectation level of, well, of course he's going to want me to be on the show. And uh, I don't know who, you know, many times I go, I don't even know who this person is. Why would I, why is there this expectation? And I think that everything you did there was exactly right. And everyone who wants to be on podcasts, you should rewatch this section over again and take notes and just, just do exactly what Nick did. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And uh, true to your, your point about expectation, because some people kind of confuse the whole self-worth thing as expectation. Like if I have self-worth, I should expect everybody else to meet me there. It's called self-worth. So it's for me, not coming from you. So like I have high self-worth. I knew if I sent you a book, there was value in it. But if it wasn't for you, for whatever reason, like if it wasn't a good fit for your podcast, I wasn't going to take it personally. It was just, this is what I have to offer. And here's a story that I would be willing to tell to your, to your listeners. Here's the value that I'd be willing to bring, but no strings attached because it's, it's not, it's, it's not your job to validate who I am or my book or anything like that, just because you have a podcast. And I think that's a super important part of it is that the, the expectation piece, because if I put that on you, like, and sent you a book now, if I send you a book, you're going to let me on your podcast, right? That. <laughs> I wouldn't be here <laughs> because yeah. that would, that would have felt transactional. It was just me sending you a book and me reaching out, talking about, you know, my path and how it could be beneficial and everything else is it's in your court. You do what you want with it. And I'll just be here receiving if you're ready to, to have a conversation and gratefully you are here having a conversation with me. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And I get emails daily from people that just say, can I be on your podcast? And I go, okay, I don't know who you are. I'm not going to go and do research of you now. Um, or I get, I get emails that say things like, when can I be on your podcast? You had so-and-so on your podcast. Why haven't you had me? And I go, okay, you just, you just harmed our relationship. You didn't help it. Uh, right. You didn't help anything. So the, the way that you went about these things, fantastic. And, and thanks for opening up and talking about that. A um, couple last questions. Um, sure few more serious ones uh, we'll do at the end before we get there. Uh, let's talk about 
what do you like to do for fun? Man, what do I like to do for fun? Uh, these days, most of my fun is with my family. It's uh, especially because the, the weather has turned. I'm, I live in Rochester, New York or outside of Rochester, New York. So we spend most of the, not most of the year, but like good five to six months snowed in essentially. So now that the weather has turned and like being outside with my daughter and my wife, anytime we can go for a walk or, you know, go to a, a local park and take a walk. Um, that is fun for me. It's just being able to, to spend some time out in the sun with my family. Um, and just, you know, going, I, I don't, so I live outside of Rochester. I'm from Niagara Falls, New York. So that's about an hour and a half away. So going home yep. and see my family, my old friends. Um, and I say old as if we're not friends anymore. We are still friends. It's just been, we've, We've been friends for a very long time. Yeah. So anything that is is connecting me to the people that I love is fun for me, really. Um, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. Very cool. Uh, favorite band or musical artist? Man, I run the full gamut here. You got to name I, one. You got to name one. One. Yep. Just one. Yep. Oh, no. This is where you get the tough decisions. And you can think about it too. The next question is going to be favorite movie of all time. You got to okay. pick I got to pick just one. I will tell you that right now I am on a huge Luke Combs kick, a country, country artist, Luke Combs. I think that's his, even, I don't even know if his name is right, but I've been listening to his album over and over and over again, whether it be in the car or when I'm running or what have you. So yeah, I will say Luke Combs right now. He's got a okay. lot of rotation on my phone. At this moment. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So favorite movie of all time. Of all time. Um, we don't watch movies much because my wife, I, I will make a, uh, a statement about my wife real quick. And she's going to know that this is, this is me teasing her, but she does not like movies because she has uh, commitment problems when it comes to character. She doesn't want to sit and know them for two hours. <laughs> um, so I, we Sounds like you did something right. If, if you're married to a woman who can't commit to a movie for two hours, you must've done something right. Right. But she was willing to marry me. How, how lovely. And uh, so we don't watch a ton of movies these days, but Man, anytime Anchorman is on TV, anytime Anchorman shows up on, on HBO Go or whatever, I will, I will sit and I will watch it and I will say all the words, even though my wife's like, we're watching it right now. You don't have to say all the words that is on the screen right now. But that, that is the one that it always gets me. Love it. That's awesome. Um, if you could live in any period of time other than right now, what would it be? That's an excellent question too. I haven't thought about these things. It's hard for me to think about going back too far um, because I enjoy the, the um, amenities of life these days. Yeah, I like toilet paper, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's good yeah. stuff. Um, I would say, I wouldn't mind going back to like the 70s and see what that was like see what what it was like when my parents were my age and like what their life was like or just like experiencing it as the age that i am through the 70s as my parents were that same age so i will say the 1970s let's go back there and just live it up cool like it love it um now we'll get back to a couple serious questions i like getting to know people in a fun way sure. um yeah. One thing that you talked about is you being a men's coach. And I think a lot of people in, in scarcity get afraid of going real niche, going real narrow. Um, can you talk about how that has helped you? Talk about if there was ever a time where you're fearful to do that. Um, let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you say niche because our, our mutual friend, Preston, who used to be my coach, he's a mentor of mine. 
I was talking to him about, um, you know, doing men's coaching. And that's kind of always where I've been kind of floated around as a men's coach. And he said, that's not a niche. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? It's not a niche. It's, it's, you know, I'm cutting it down the middle. He's like, yeah, but there's 7 billion people in the world. So you are talking to 4.5 billion people. If you are talking to all men, I'm like, all oh, right, that's, that's not really a niche. It's more about once you get into whatever, you know, demographic you're trying to serve, what uniquely do you show up and do for those people? Um, so it hasn't really been the men part that has been difficult in terms of niching down or, or like the scarcity side of it. I tend to taught and we talked about this already, but like showing up as who I am, a guy that really leads with his heart. And it's a, it's a lot of love, a lot of connection with, with wife, family, kids, and that's who I am. The, I will say this, it has been easier the more I have been validated for, for showing up as that. In the beginning, you know, you, you start kind of really being certain about this is who I am, so I'm just going to do it. And you don't get traction right away. But once you get one or two clients in the door and you can see that the connection is real because you're being your actual self, it makes it a lot easier to not worry so much about the people that might be missing or you might be not communicating to because again once you really dig in uh dig your heels in and say this is who i am these are the people that i serve your people will find you and the connection will be that much stronger and once you have enough connections like that it's just a ripple effect because those people have friends those people have people that are also looking to better themselves and it just kind of becomes this um compounding effect of, okay, I see that this is working. Let me try it some more. And you kind of get the itch and it just removes more scarcity as time goes on. But in the beginning, it really is trust and just having faith that being you is all that you have to do. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to serve everyone because when you serve everyone, you will find people that you don't serve well. Yeah. Because although you and I are, are coaches and, and we have our skill set that we help people, there's going to be people that show up and, and, get on a conversation with us and we're like, I don't really know what to do to help you because I don't think you're hearing me like my people hear me. So it's a matter of just trusting in the beginning. And then once you get the validation from a few people that this is the thing, then you just keep going down and, 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 and really nailing it on the head as you move forward. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Now, in your journey of building your coaching business, has there ever been a time where uh, you contemplated hanging it up? You contemplated, contemplated quitting and saying, yeah, maybe this is just too hard for me. Yeah. Uh, the, the moment I will say that I contemplated it was shortly after my daughter was born. She was born, born in March of 2018. She's a Pi Day baby, March 14th. Hmm. Um, so you know, looking at just the, the 24 hours that I have in a day, me being a heart-centered person that loves his family and really wants to be there as a father and a husband, you know, I looked out at the hours that I had and I'm like, I'm not sure how to make this work. And at the time, I didn't have a, a client at all. I had zero clients. So I'm looking at this thing that I knew my heart was calling me to do in terms of the coaching, seeing that I had no clients and seeing that my windows of time were shrinking because I wanted to be present. Thank you so day. much for listening to the speakers, so authors, and coaches two podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, am I just review, be done subscribe, with this? Is this and really most worth importantly, it? Am I, is it worth share it spending time away from my family to try to build this if thing If you're not up? already a part of our Facebook and community, come and join a couple us things. in it the took speakers, authors, and coaches network to have people objectively see the situation and say, you still have time to spend the day. You don't have to dedicate 
or every single minute the to being a family fan. Like you can Thanks do that within listening. windows Remember of time that are appropriate. You, do you don't have to just cancel you out the system. So having people that can support you in that and see the objective viewpoint, you don't see. And then also, I think being a father, becoming a father helped me step into who I was already because I've always had this sense that I was going to be a great husband and a great dad. And as soon as I, I mean, being a great husband, I was already there, right? But when I became a dad, having this extra part of my identity and and really allow me, because like when you have it, how old, you have a son, right? Yep. He's how old's uh, your son? Two and a few months. Okay. Two and so, a few months. Like I, I don't know when you look at your kid, how you can't be emotional. Like it's just yeah. like this awe inspiring thing. And me being an emotionally centered totally. guy as it was, it was just, I, I can't keep this in anymore. I can't become or, or pretend to be someone else. So I think my daughter was such a gift in that, in, even in the framework of my business, because I looked at her, I looked at my life with my wife and my daughter, and I'm like, there's really no reason that I can't be the emotional guy because I, I can't help it anymore. Yeah. So then it just kind of opened me up to talking about the things that I wanted to talk about. I'm like, I love being a dad. I love being a husband. This is an amazing part of my life. And that started bringing in clients because there were other guys out there that loved being dads and loved being husbands and wanted to learn how to be better at that. Um, so it was really the matter of, you know, the, the circumstance of having a daughter and knowing that I couldn't keep the cap on my emotions anymore and having support in my corner that, that saw the blind spots that I couldn't see in terms of the actual systems and, and things you have in place as a coach and, and how to acquire clients. So, yeah, that that's really fascinating. You talk about all that stuff. I know that for me over the last, so my son's almost exactly a year older than, than your daughter, um, yeah. March of 2017. Yeah. And, uh, I, I am such a better person, such a better businessman, such a better communicator, such a better coach, such a better speaker, such a better friend. It's, it's amazing how much being a dad has improved my life in every single category. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's really incredible. Um, last words of wisdom for members of the speakers, authors and coaches network. Yeah. I'll go back to the one word that came up as you asked me a question along the way is, is trust. Because there are going to be times in your coaching business, your speaking business, your writing business that it doesn't feel like it's on the trajectory that you subscribe to when you started. You know, you, you have this vision when you start and you, you would love for it to, to be a snap of the fingers type situation. And there's going to be moments where it doesn't feel like that. And just trusting that you can be yourself and that is enough. You don't have to be anyone else because frankly, if you try to be like the people you see on social media, you're, you're going to be one, attracting the wrong client because they're not you. And two, you're going to be a lesser version of that person because that person is likely showing up as themselves. And that's why they have a following. That's why they're doing well. So just trusting that you can be you, that is what's going to work for your business and just continuing to find a way to put in the reps. Um, because if it's something that's calling you, because it, it definitely has been something that's called me ever since I started. You got to, you got to carry it with you. You have to keep on moving on because if you let that go, you're going to have the regret. You're going to have the resentment. You're going to have these things that are going to feel much worse than what you feel right now, which is maybe a little bit of angst, maybe a little bit of anxiety that you're not moving in the direction that you want to, but have trust, have faith, have support in your corner because having support, whether it be just informal mentors or actual coaches, it just, 
allows you to have someone that can speak life into your world when you feel like maybe there isn't. So just having trust, faith, and support is, is the biggest thing because it'll allow you to build a foundation from that place and everything gets better from there. Totally. Love it. That's fantastic. How can people get connected with you? Uh, I do a lot of my work on Facebook and my work, <laughs> uh, I, I communicate and, and talk about who I am mostly on Facebook. Um, so my name, Nick Maytash, I'm usually one of the top ones up there. There, oddly enough, my, my name is not common, but there's a few of us. Um, <laughs> so you can find me on Facebook or on Instagram. You can look for Nick underscore moving past mediocre. Um, and I, I'm there as well. So I would love to, if you, find that this conversation resonated with you, reach out to me, message me over there. I love communicating with people of like mind and like spirit that uh, dig the kind of things that we just talked about. So yeah, I'd be happy to connect if, if you're in. Cool. Well, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Nick. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate it.